0: This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield.
1: Hello, it's the Liverpool Echo Blood Red podcast. I'm Matt Addison with Ian Doyle, Theo Squires and Hannah Pinnock all with me for this afternoon's show. We'll be talking about Benfica and Fabio Cavalio shortly and also previewing the big one, Manchester City away at the Etihad Stadium, plus giving our team and score predictions for that match. We shall as always though go chronologically dully and start with a couple of other bits before we get to the fixture that everyone is waiting for it was without a doubt a really good result for liverpool midweek was it worth spending eight hours in an airport for
2: um is anything let's be honest (laughs) but what that should be the question is anything worth eight hours in an airport including an hour and a half on a plane that wasn't going anywhere Anyway, there's people who have had worse situations at Manchester Airport than me, so I'm not going to complain too much, which is unlike me. Uh, but yeah, Benfica, first half, thought Liverpool played really well. Could have been four or five nil up, you know, nobody could have complained too much. I mean, they gave chances away a little bit to Benfica because of the way that they played. They made the decision, didn't they, to go with Cater and Thiago on midfield because they knew quite well Benfica would sit back and so... The best way of finding a way through is to have your two most creative central midfielders on the pitch. And, you know, while Thiago had a little bit of a back seat, he was just kind of moving the team around a bit. It was Cater, who was excellent, all the way through. And it wasn't a surprise that, come the end, it was in playing that ball through for Luis Diaz. So, I think Liverpool overall, you know, they deserved the victory. We saw uh, against Inter Milan in the last round that two goals, a two-goal margin away from home can get a little bit tricky if you're not fully concentrated. But I think it's fair to say Inter Milan are a lot better team than Benfica and uh you saw some of the defending from Benfica, I mean, Vitonga and Otamendi, I think, about as old as I am, and, and they were a little bit scared, shall we say? Not scared, Yeah, you know, they are a little bit wary of whenever the ball came anywhere near them and the likes of Salah Diaz, Jota were running at them, and I think Liverpool, you know, while there was that one mistake by Canati, you know, I thought I had a good game, actually, apart from that, um, really benfica you can see they've kind of reached the limit of the you know they have they, probably overachieved in the competition this you can see where they are in the in the uh, portuguese league and i think they'll they'll give it a go uh, on the uh, wednesday when the, the return game is but i think liverpool now be amazing a, a
1: major major surprise sorry if they did through to the semi-finals so i suppose with the two games against manchester city either side of it it's not a bad position for jürgen klopp's team to find themselves in no, not at
3: all. It was basically
1: how you want a game to go. You
3: want that lead. You want to have it early on so you can make your changes. Sadio Mane came off with wide eye on this city game. And then they are almost in a position where you can treat it as a game you can rotate in midweek anyway, with one eye on the FA Cup semi final. Like Liverpool at Anfield, but they're a position of strength. They very rarely lose the games when they need to. I know we had at Let's Lesco Madrid a couple of years ago and going in the Rogers time, of have what, Zenit in the, the Europa League but this Liverpool side is a very different prospect they're in form, confident they've got players who are making their squad like the strongest it's ever been you'd imagine they're going to get the job done, whether it's 99%, like what would the percentage have been when they played Barcelona when they won the Champions League, after that 3-0 first leg win and they still got the job done then, uh, Liverpool should, get. Yeah, they, they have got one fit in the semi-finals and while you'd maybe feel a bit more confident if away goals were still a thing, three away goals, like Benfica can't coming back from that. They've got enough about them to get the job done. Uh basically perfect European away day, even if we did that, that blip from a Kanate mistake. But he'd already made up for it by scoring his goal and as Dorley said he was pretty decent for the rest of the game apart from that one error.
1: Yeah, there was a, a few decent performances. Hannah, I thought Ibrahim O'Connor actually, apart from the, the mistake, was was pretty perfect. Was Luis Diaz uh, another one for you that, that stood out? Who was the the sort of the, the big names from from that game that, that really stood out from a Liverpool perspective?
0: Yeah, surprisingly, it, it was Mohamed Salah that had a, a quiet game, um, given you know the form that he's been in all season. Um, but Diaz just continues to impress, doesn't he? He's just been such a fantastic signing Um, he's coming in January and he's made such a big impact and it's that attacking depth that we've always been vying for and and we've got that now that you can make changes you can bring off the likes of Salah or Mane from the bench if you wanted to but also um, you've still got Joshua and Firmino in that forward line as well so um, it's just incredible attacking depth that we've had but um, Diaz was definitely one um, that impressed for me. Um, of course, he got the goal as well, and he set up Sadio Mane. So, by my stretch, that's probably um, a nine out of ten. I'm not quite sure what Ian gave him in his ratings, but I imagine it was a pretty high score.
2: Diaz, I yeah. think only I think only gave him a seven. Um,
0: that's, that's harsh. <laughs> I did not think
2: about it on the way I Think is he worthy of an eight? But no, I'm sticking with it.
0: <laughs> I think if it was me, I probably would have given him that eight potentially leading on to a nine, um, just given how impressive he was. And obviously, Sadio Mane was among the goals as well. He's, you know, for me, I think he's been a lot more clinical in his finishing this season. Um, There's been periods before where he's certainly struggled and he's probably lacked that confidence, whether or not it's AFCON, that's given Mane a bit of confidence of late. Um, And of course, the World Cup qualifiers as well, beating Egypt. He's been the hero for his nation, if anything, and... We've kind of seen a rejuvenated Mane in recent weeks, whereas Salah's probably sort of struggled a little bit. But, you know, you'd fully expect Salah to, to find his form again. And even though he probably wasn't particularly great against Benfica, of course, he's always a threat. But, in, you know, he had a couple of chances that he probably could have done a little bit better with. Um, but you'd fully expect Salah to, to find his form again. Um, hopefully it will be against Manchester City. That'll probably be a good time to do it.
1: Yeah, a few decent performances. Dody from a Liverpool perspective, probably one that stood out really from Benfica, Darwin Nunez. Some reports in Portugal suggesting that Liverpool players were were left impressed by him. Were Were you impressed by him? Was he the the clear standout for you in that Benfica team?
2: Well, I have to say we were on the back row of the stand, and <laughs> most of the players were a million miles away, so it was quite hard. We knew the keeper, uh, so <laughs> um, and that was round about it. We couldn't see most of the others. Uh, no, we could. Yeah. He stood out a bit, but he took actually to be fair, he took his goal really well, and he's quite clearly a bit of a player. But you know, it's it's early days for him, Elzy. He's only about twenty twenty one, isn't he? he? twenty two, I think. Yeah, yeah. So he's quite young. As a Uruguayan international, I know Klopp spoke about him before the game. But we've seen many a time that just because you score loads of goals in the Portuguese league doesn't necessarily mean you're going to do it. In England, fortunately, you know Diaz is 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 proving that wrong. Uh, at the moment, and I suspect if Nunes does come up, Darwin, sorry, as he should be called, um, apparently that's what, what he is known as, um, if he comes over to say to an any English club, I'd imagine he'll do quite well. So, you know, the footballers aren't daft. If um, if some players are saying that somebody's had a good game against them, then they must know that he has done. By the way, uh, is, is Hannah been held hostage there? I feel <laughs> as though we should send send some money or something to try and pay the <laughs> ransom.
0: <laughs> no, no, I'm
2: fine. <laughs> it's just yeah. for anybody who's, anybody who's not watching, um basically uh... You're not chained to a radiator or anything, no. <laughs> no, yeah, no, okay. Nice. Just, just, just,
1: okay, yeah. good. I, just checking. Yeah, if anyone's not watching on YouTube, do go and check that out and you'll be able to see what Dodie means there. I know exactly what he meant. I was thinking the exact same thing, to be honest. But uh, Dodie will go from uh, one player playing in Portugal to another who has just made his debut for Portugal at youth level in Fabio Cavallio. Seamless link there from myself, if I do say so. Very good. Myself and James Martin had a, a chat about him this morning. Obviously, Liverpool closing in on a deal. It's, Not exactly a surprise that that's the case.
2: Well, no, well, it it can't be that much of a surprise given the fact they nearly signed him in January and they would have done had the EFL had had deal sheets, you know, because they tried to get it over the line. It didn't quite happen. It would have been loaned back to Fulham anyway. Um, But yeah, it looks like Liverpool, as as you said, it's not a surprise that that, that they can get this deal done. There was, I mean, when it wasn't completed in time, there's always that worry, isn't there, that somebody else can come in and, you know, go in for him. But I think what you find now, certainly with Liverpool, is that because they're they are so you know, good at recruitment, and also given the standing in world football at the moment, it would seem a bit weird if a player who said that he wants to join in January, and then Liverpool go on and win a trophy, and then they're still in the other three, turns around and then says, oh, "I don't want to come anymore." That would be a bit bit odd for that to happen. But and it looks like that is going to happen, and, and Cavalli will be will be on his way. I mean, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting actually to see whether or not he actually becomes English or Portuguese. I think Liverpool would be quite happy if he ended up, you know, you know, deciding that he wants to play for England rather than Portugal because he does have double na- dual nationality, doesn't he? He can play for play for both. And you say, he played. Did, did he play for? He played for Portugal under 21s didn't he? he? Did play for the yeah, Because yeah, I yeah, got he's, called up, yeah.
1: Yeah. So he's, he, he's played for England under twenties, hasn't he? But then made his under twenty one Portugal debut, I think, in the internationals.
2: So maybe coming to Liverpool will give him a, you know, make him. Decide to play for it. I don't know. It depends. He'll get more of a you know more of an opportunity there. But you know, he's doing well for Fulham. They're going to come up. He's going to end up with a, a winners' medal. You think this season a you know championship winners' medal, and uh, he's going to be making that big step up. And Liverpool, you know, somebody that they've looked at for a while. They've obviously wanted him in January. Now that the deal is more or less done, and it's another young player for Liverpool. You know, they they, they brought in Harvey Elliott didn't, they, didn't they the other year? They brought through. Curtis Jones, you, you know, you could argue before that there's Trent Alexander-Arnold, Nico Williams also knocking around, he's doing okay for Wales, so and for Fulham actually. Uh, so, you know, that, that's Liverpool kind of safeguard in the future, and I think it's a bit of a no-brainer for the amount of money that they're going to pay for him, which doesn't seem as though it's going to be an awful lot.
0: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
1: Yeah, around five million, I think, isn't it? To to begin with, a couple of million in add-ons as well. Theo, it's going to be interesting, isn't it, to see kind of what player Liverpool turn him into. We know he plays pretty much as a number 10 for Fulham. Liverpool don't have a number 10, but we have kind of seen with Harvey Elliott the, the transformation that these young players can undertake with Jürgen Klopp
3: not sure how well you're going to be hearing me here me, because the office has gone a bit crazy with a load of Greg's freebies so everyone's excited <laughs> around me so I'm not quite sure what's going on but yeah um, you'd imagine that Liverpool don't play with this number 10 so they are going to have to reinvent him but you can do it with these young players as you said Harvey Elliott is the perfect example but it's one where if he doesn't go into a deeper midfield role you just put him out wide in front three. I think I've read a piece on... It was either um, the Echo website or Dotcom's website that he could be like this Firmino replacement, as a, that, that false nine. So, he's a versatile forward. You can imagine he's got these traits to play any of these roles. And this is what Liverpool like. This is why Liverpool are signing him, because he's got this attacking threat and he's got this ability to play anywhere and they can see something they like in him. Um doesn't really matter, I suppose, whether he's English youth or Portuguese youth, because he's been at Fulham since he was, what, since two thousand and fifteen, so I think he's going to count as homegrown anyway. um With the Premier League rules and Liverpool got this exciting young talent who scored plenty of goals in the Championship this season. He's had a really good year. I think they could actually come to promotion this weekend if Nottingham Forest lose and they win their respective game. It's been a hell of a season, and while he, he might not have had as many goals or assists since the Liverpool move fell through, I think he's a teenager. We can understand why it's going to be an exciting prospect. Uh, it's quite telling that I think they're saying he's going straight into the Liverpool first team. That's going to be a good pre-season for him to show what he can do. Imagine he'd get a few domestic cup games, and even though he's not going to be playing as much in the Premier League for Liverpool as he would have done if he'd stayed at Fulham, you just need to look at the likes of Harvey Elliott, Curtis Jones, Kate Gordon, Trent before that. Like Youngsters get opportunities at Liverpool, and it's another exciting sign, and they've come in, and the fact that he can play in so many positions, he might not be a number 10 at Liverpool, but they've certainly got a plan for him. It'll be interesting to see what it is as uh, the months go on.
2: Theo, are you concerned that doing this podcast means you might miss out on the free Greggs?
3: All up can smell at the moment is Greggs. Awesome <laughs> and
2: also, how, how come this only ever happens when you know, everybody else is not in the office? It never you don't come into either. the office anymore. It never <laughs> happened when I was there. I never got That's
3: true. <laughs> yeah, I'm confused. I don't know what's going on.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, if Theo's camera goes off, we'll know why. Uh, Hannah, we'll come to you next on uh, just Fabio Cavallio quickly before we move on to uh, the Manchester City game. I, I thought this morning, actually, it, it was interesting. We, we kind of think about the Liverpool squad. There's lots of, of players within that. What could the, the Cavallio signing sort of do for, for some of the other players who kind of play in, in the similar positions? You think of someone like a Milner, a, an Oxlade Chamberlain, even a Minamino, you'd think was... Of, of someone who can play kind of in that midfield type role at the forward type role it it could have a an impact given how many players liverpool already have
0: certainly but uh, carvalho is probably one for the future if anything i i highly doubt he's gonna come into the team and and force people out straight away given that he's so young but you know it clops at a point with this squad where he has got players that are getting a bit older that he has got to start thinking about the future and where he wants this squad to go, and is probably one for that. Um, so in the near future, I, I don't really see him threatening anyone in terms of their position, um, but obviously Milner's getting on and Henderson you know, probably hasn't got too many years um, ahead of him at Liverpool, um, given that he's getting a bit older. But, um, you know, as you've been touching on there, Klopp's got the time and... A player like Carvalho you can certainly mould in into what he wants and um, he's de- definitely an exciting one and one to watch and you know I think he's got eight goals seven assists in all competitions for Fulham this season and, and one of those goals came against Manchester City so um, you know he's at that age to be scoring in big games like that and um, you know testament to his quality as a, a as a player really and you know you, you've seen the pathway there with Harvey Elliott and um, I wouldn't say Klopp's necessarily thrown Elliott in at the deep end. Obviously, he's altered his position slightly and Elliot got quite a few games at, at the start of the season before he got that horrific injury against Leeds. But the pathway's there and, you know, like you touched on there, he'll, he'll certainly get cup games and potentially a couple of Premier League appearances, um, depending on how we're getting on next season. But if, if Liverpool have any sort of a successful season next year, like they've done This time around, you know, being in four competitions, there'll be plenty of game time and um, it'll be certainly interesting to see where he does fit into that Klopp team and, and whether or not he's, you know, potentially that Bobby replacement or whether or not Klopp adjusts his tactics slightly and sort of goes back to that number 10 role, really.
1: Yeah, certainly one to watch out for if, as expected, Liverpool do get that deal done. But that's one for the summer. For this weekend, Doily, it's all about Manchester City, so we'll move on to that one next. A fairly short question for you to start with. If Liverpool are going to win the league, do they need to go there and win?
2: No. I agree. a very short answer for you.
1: (laughs) Can you expand?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, If they lose, it would be very difficult to win the league if they lose, because you're four points behind City. City's running is easier. Liverpool would have to win all of their games, more or less. And City would have to drop points in two. Can't see it happening. Can't see it happening. If Liverpool win, then, again, I can see Man City winning all of their games. Liverpool, I think, might drop points in one of them, which they can afford to do, and then it's down to goal difference. So then it's it's tricky. If it's a draw, I think it's just like a couple of years ago, isn't it? They just we just be trading blows game by game, which I think will happen anyway. But I do think that if Liverpool lose, I would be I would be very surprised if City fell away in any way, shape, or form. Um, the only thing that might happen is is whether the Champions League plays an effect plays an impact on it, depending on who City play. Because there's every chance they could play Real Madrid now, given what happened to Chelsea the other day. Um, so that would be a massive game, obviously for you know for Pep and. Up against Real Madrid, you know, a bit of history there, and he's obviously desperate to win the Champions League with City. So that could, but that's only well, that that, that game takes place either side. Of, they'll probably play someone like Coventry or somebody really difficult like that, you know. So I do think that Liverpool, if they lose, that's it. If they win, that's not necessarily it, but it's a great chance for them, and it'll give them that kind of boost because they've got some really hard games coming up in the in the league. I mean, what is it? It's City in all competitions, City, Benfica, City, uh, United, Everton. And it's like, come on, I mean, at Athens, you know. Theo just pointed out they got Watford at home, which they always win six 0 They got Leeds away, which they'll win that one. Leeds aren't very good, and Newcastle. Oh, will by then will have given up. So, you know, it's it's gonna be tough for Liverpool. But you asked me the question. I can't remember what the question was. What was it? <laughs> it was, <laughs> I just said no to it. If they win, have, will they win the league? Have, yeah, yeah. They have to win. Have to win. Yeah. 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 So no, they don't have to win, but they absolutely cannot afford to get beat.
0: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And that's exactly why I think it's going to be a draw, to be honest. But uh, Theo, in terms of of the game itself, how do you expect it to to pan out? I think it it could possibly be cagey. It could be kind of all-out attack, end-to-end. It's quite a hard one to to predict how it's going to be, I think.
3: Uh, Yes, it is, because I suppose we haven't really seen Liverpool at their best against Man City. For since the 3 1 winner, Anfield in the title winning year, like you think last season they had the injuries, didn't have Van Dyke free the game, even the home draw this year, he didn't have Trent. So, like, there have always been these uh aspects to it. When when they won the title, and it was that first game, there was obviously a hangover there, but against City in 2019, they just exploded into life, didn't they? Straight from the off the thought needed to attack quickly and really absorb the crowd to get that going but it's a very different prospect when you go into the etihad like liverpool's record there isn't the best i think they've only won twice there under klopp once in the premier league and that would have been his first trip there back in 2015 2016. so but then, this Liverpool side is so different from that side he inherited like for so long we've said man city have got the best starting in 11 or the best squad depth in the premier league they don't now you look at it liverpool's depth is certainly stronger the starting and is arguably stronger too a lot more complete side for sure, and it's just whether they can take control of it. It's what these sides know about each other because they've played each other so often. Like we know Guardiola, what he thinks about the Force 3 and how he fears what they can do to you. But what they could do to you in 2018, 2019, 2020, it's not quite the same as what they can do now. That's why we've seen Diaz put in, why we've seen Jota put in. So it's a bit of an unknown quantity in there. or City, they're still not quite clicking in the, the attack. And possibly going to put four past Liverpool, now I said that. But you know what I mean? In fact, they don't have that number nine goal scorer who sniffs out every single chance and puts it away. They have to create so many, and they do uh, so many and they do score plenty of goals, but they're not as clinical as Liverpool have been. Um it's gonna be you'd like to think it's gonna be fast paced, like maybe the first half in the last game, at the Etihad, Was it last game? You know, where it was an amazing first half and then they just knackered each other out, it was a rubbish second half. I'd imagine it's going to be something like that, but the first goal is going to be crucial because if City get it, uh, Liverpool really do have to come at them. Whereas if Liverpool get it, when they're going to have a whole City against them, it's going to be a very different one. It's going to be end to end. You want it to be this title decider, this big game that we've been waiting for. The English football's been waiting for, but as you said, it could be a cage to bear. It just depends who starts and how it feels as it's going along. Because if you get to 65 minutes, and it is very nervy. You think both sides will go, take a draw here. This has happened before. It wouldn't be a surprise at all.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Could be a, a few key players within this one, Hannah. I think Thiago probably will be one of, of those if he, as you'd expect, would start for, for Liverpool. I mean, we've not seen him against City this season. We've not seen him against Chelsea either. We've not sort of had the opportunity to see what he can do in these kind of uh, big games. But it really does feel to me like if Liverpool are going to win, he's probably going to have to play quite well.
0: Yeah, I mean, personally I, I wondered whether or not Naby um could be in with a shout as well. Um I thought he was pretty decent against Benfica and potentially is earned him a spot in certainly in Klopp's thinking. Um Yeah, Tiago's an interesting one. Obviously, like you said, he hasn't played in the big games against Man City or or Chelsea this season. Obviously, he was pretty good to probably miss out on the Carabao Cup final, um, given that he was named in the starting lineup. But Naby came in and and did an exceptional job. So, um, you know, you'd certainly need someone of Thiago's quality, especially just, I mean, I I probably say it all the time, but he just makes everything look so easy, Thiago does. So, um, he's probably one that, I would go for, but I certainly think Naby's in with a shout, and obviously Fabinho and Henderson are, are probably nailed on, to be honest, um, especially for a game of, of that magnitude. But I, I'm I'm probably a little bit nervous. Um, I think. Whether or not it's Men, a tough,
2: kicking a ball but, 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 ball of her around, it's not to be <laughs> story, I
0: think there's just there's just so much riding on it, and you know we've been talking about this potential quadruple for so long, and you just feel like with two games against Manchester City in the next in the next week, that could quite quite quickly all sort of fall apart. Um, but that's probably why I'm, I'm feeling a little bit nervous. It's just a huge game, and probably I would probably say City are in the more comfortable position at the moment. Obviously, they do lead at the top of the table. But for Liverpool, I I do think I agree with Ian. They've they've got the harder fixtures in the running. And, you know, you look at City's fixtures and there's probably... There's no easy games, of course, but they've certainly got games against teams that they... Known for beating, whereas we've got quite a few big ones against Man United and Merseyside Derby. And I know it's pretty horrid at Everton at the moment, but it's a Merseyside Derby, and in a way, form does go out the window for those games. Um, so and given what they need to do to stay up, I'm sure they'll be right up for that one. And, and we've still got a game against Tottenham as well. So um I'm I'm a little bit more nervous for our our running really, and I think that's why. Result against City is so important because if we get beat by them, you sort of can't see can't see City um, falling apart at any point if they if they win on Sunday.
1: I think if ever you're allowed to get nervous about a football match, it's this <laughs> one this weekend, isn't it? It is a fairly big one, Ian. I'm sure even you yeah, would
2: have nine. Only to- games to go, eight games to go, eight games to go. If it was two games to go, then maybe, but you know, there's an awful lot of football to be played after this, so no. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get nervous when there's about one minute to go, and I haven't thought of an intro. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: suppose you've got all the things to, to be worrying about <laughs> during the game. To be fair, but. Uh... We'll obviously come to our team selections very shortly, but I think it's probably the most interesting at the top end of the pitch. I really think there's an argument to play Roberto Firmino in this one, Dougie. I don't know what you think about that, but I just think it against a team like City to have his link up and his ability to kind of hold the ball up in not necessarily a conventional way, but just to keep hold of it could be really important for Liverpool.
2: Well, I don't want to give the team away too much, but yeah, he's starting in mind. I think as well with Firmino is that he's not... Okay, I'm now going to get proven completely wrong because someone will come out with a stats say he scored loads of goals as a sub, but it doesn't seem to me as though he's quite as effective coming off the bench as any of the other forwards, and that includes Milamino and Origi. So I do think if you are got to play Firmino in the game like this, you've got to play him from the start. I think you can gauge what City are going to do and how they're, how they're going to treat him and deal with him from you know those opening, opening moments. So they can make a decision after that because they certainly have enough options on the bench. But I'd be starting with Firmino. I think... I thought he did all right. He's, he's, done, he's done quite well, actually, since he's come back from injury. And I think he's a completely different... Well, he's obviously not possibly a first choice anymore, certainly with... Actually, to be honest, down the middle, I thought Mane has done really well, the, the, the games that he's played since he's come back from the African Cup of Nations. I agree that he's been, you know, as Hannah said, he's been motivated by winning it and getting through the World Cup, but he's been playing in a different position. And I think whenever he's played down that middle, he's been really good. So... Five goals off the bench, thank you very much. Yeah, so any other was, was coming, but um, but yeah, I do think he's better from the start. I think with Jota, for example, he Jota's such a strange player, isn't he? I'm sure we've done this on the podcast before, but you know, it's like he, sometimes it looks like he can't play football. It looks like he, he can't control the ball, but then the minute he gets in the gets in the area, it's like he's the one player out of all Liverpool's players if it's dropping in the area or anywhere near the goal. You want it to be. With him because he just he's able to score. I mean, we've seen the stats on what was it? His goals, the distribution of the the left foot, um, right foot heads, whatever have you. So I think I'd start with Firmino.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We'll come to our full team selections very shortly. But just one more question, Theo. I know you did a uh, a debate piece earlier this week. I can't actually remember which side of the debate you were on with Mohamed Salah, but surely this isn't the game to rest Mohamed Salah
3: yeah are uh, you suggesting that i was particularly naughty that by saying drop him just to make it an actual story
1: as i said that I isn't exactly which, that. Side. That isn't that.
2: which side you would never do that you would never you would never do that as we well know you're
3: renowned not saying things like that no it's he's not been at his best for a while now and there is an argument that you play your informed players But like we're just saying how well in front of goal Sadio Mane is doing we're going to run out of superlatives for Louis Diaz soon. He's just such an exciting player. He's the one in form who's looking fresh. It's a game-winner for Liverpool. And Mohamed Salah is just not scoring the chances. He's getting them and he's snatching at them. He's not making the right decisions. Um, if it was the Mohamed Salah of autumn playing midweek, he gets a brace against Benfica. Like That, that was a time when everything was going in for him and he was getting more assists because he knew everything was going right for him. So he wasn't just shooting on sight all the time. But at the same time, while you can make that argument that you do drop him because he's not at his best and you have to go with on form because how important it is for Liverpool. He is this talisman in attack. I think this is the perfect stage for him to silence the doubters, as he always does. Whenever you write Mohamed Salah off is when he comes back strongest. And it would be no surprise at all if he went into this game, scored the winner, and then he went and did it again at Wembley next uh, weekend. Uh, He's just that one player you can't drop from the Liverpool team. And we've seen... Mane and Firmino's status changed, so they are now more chopping and changing. And Salah's this untouchable one, and there will be a time when he is no longer untouchable as he gets older, uh, whether he signs a new contract or he, he doesn't. But he's still this Liverpool talisman who is the game winner he used to go to. He's the one who always gets them over the line when you need him to. He, he's with a few goals, isn't he? He's not scored from open play for a couple of months. Hopefully, Sunday is his time to shine for it to really come into life but you can understand why he's not at his best because how much football has he played in 2022 alone the fatigue's there it, we've already said on podcasts before we, how much is the contract playing on his mind because i think the decline started around december and that's when this offer went in and then you've got the cup of nations losing that final having to play extra time every three days pot mentioned that in his press conference today i think it's 120 minutes what six times in space of a month and you throw the, the league cup final in as well and then the World Cup, that's a huge blow as well because he knows he's at the peak of his powers. And if he plays at another World Cup, it'll be when his part, best days are behind him will be what? United States, Canada and Mexico in 2026. It'll be 34. So he's got to grab a stage when he's at Liverpool. And this is the stage. Manchester City in a potential title decider. There is a plenty of football still to play, but he's definitely grabbing the advantage in the title race. Wrestling control and putting the side in the, the front for that final straight. It's Mohamed Salah's time to shine. He's not been shining for the last few weeks. Hopefully he can change that narrative uh, on Sunday.
0: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He's due a goal, isn't he? But uh, let's move on to our team selections then. Alison Becker will be in goal, Doily. the back four. Got to be fairly obvious, hasn't it?
2: He's definitely saying Alison in goal. I am, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Just check it. Um. Yes, it's gonna be. It's not gonna be Simicas, It's gonna be okay. Robertson, uh, Van Dyke, Matip, and Trent.
1: Hannah, any uh, suggestions on that, or is it just a case of the back fours, the back four?
0: The back fours, the back four. You you know you don't make any changes for a game of of that magnitude, and you want Van Dyke, you want Matip. Um. I mean, some might say there's possibly a shout for Canate, but I think the fact that he played midweek against Benfica sort of says it all, that, that he'll be starting against City.
1: Yeah, absolutely Theo. I'm going to assume that your back four is the same, though feel free to correct me if it's not. If it is, do you want to talk us through your midfield?
3: Yeah, back four is the same. I think Pops even hinted at it today when he's talking about big game experience and these sorts of games. You go for your, your experience ones and it's that four and that's the same for the midfield. I know Navigator was superb midweek, but. You'd be very surprised if Jordan Henderson doesn't come back in. Fabinho is going to be the number six, and then it's between Cater and Tiago for that final spot. Then you feel like tiago has got the edge. He, he can control this game for Liverpool. We've not seen him in these sorts of games before. And then Labby Cater, you want him to make that sort of impact off the bench with 25 minutes to go if needed. The same as will be the case for a couple of the attackers that we'll get to shortly.
1: Yep, absolutely. Doily, is it the uh, Henderson, Fabinho, Tiago midfield for you as well?
2: No, no, not at that. Um, you can't have Cater and Tiago in the same team against City, so that's not happening. However, Tiago probably will play rather than Cater. Fabinho will play. Not playing Henderson. I thought he did okay against Watford. I didn't think he was particularly great when he came in against Benfica. And I just think for whatever reason, he's just his legs just out there at the moment, and I think Liverpool are going to need that. Uh, so then you're left with who do you play in this other midfield position if you're not playing Cater and you're not playing Henderson? And Harvey Elliott's not been playing. Curtis Jones has been a bit up and down. To be fair, I wouldn't be surprised if Curtis Jones did play, but I don't think he. But I wouldn't pick him. I'm going to, I'm going to go with Oxay Chamberlain. Played the I first think, game, um,
3: didn't
2: he, Jones. Yeah, he played the first game. Yeah, oxlade Chamberlain. I'm going to go for. He hasn't played for a while. I know he's a player who needs rhythm. He's going to have to play at some point. And I just think that he's got a bit of history against Man City, hasn't he? I know it was a while ago, but he always seems to have a good game against them. And if it doesn't work, then score a own goal against them. You know? to be fair that was that that was the game you said before about they had a bit of a hangover they literally did have a hangover that day and he, and he was like and he was like um that was the Bernardo silver wasn't it where he didn't clap them on for the guard of honor crowd went wild for that oh yeah that's right there was nobody there um so yeah Oxlade-Chamberlain I um I think to be, I I almost put, well I I said he should have played against it shows you what I know but for the reason that Cater played to be fair to, to be quite progressive and I think he's 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 not going to play, is he? Let's be honest, right? But I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that he should do. I'm just saying he should do. It's going to be Anderson, but I'm picking Oxley Chamberlain. Uh,
3: You're just yeah, stretching this podcast that. out, so Hannah can't go and do the Lampard
1: press conference. He doesn't want to
2: do it anyway. He doesn't want to do it. Anything <laughs> yeah, you need to know about Everton it was just in my tweet last night, anyway. So, <laughs>
1: yeah, so, let's uh, move swiftly beyond that. Hannah, Oxley Chamberlain for you, or would that be a, a bold shout to say the least?
0: I think that's very bold. Um I, I rate Ox highly and obviously like you said he does have that history against Man City. Um but it, it's gotta be Jordan Henderson. Um for a game against Man City, you need your captain and Fabinho is is nailed on and then it probably is a toss-up between Thiago and and Cater. Personally, I would want Cater. Um I, but obviously, Thiago's exceptional as well. So it is a toss-up between those two, I think. But I, I'm personally going with Cater.
2: Would, would we sooner have Declan Rice in there than Fabinho?
1: Uh, <laughs> <maybe>. If Declan <laughs> Rice like is worth 150 like minutes. I,
2: like, I like Declan Rice a, a lot, actually. I like him a lot. He's a great pass on the ball, but no. I don't agree with Jack Wilshire there. Sorry. Declan
3: Rice agrees that Fabinho's the best in his position. So that's <laughs> <good>. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Jack Winter's bored anyway. Why isn't he playing? He's not got a team, has
3: he? Yeah, he is. He's in Denmark. Did you not read my stick? You want to be exclusive? He's just signed him.
2: Oh, I don't, I don't read anything. Come on, you know.
3: <laughs> I don't even read my stuff.
1: <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Move on to the front line, Dirty. We'll come to you. Are you uh, going for another wild card shout? Top?
2: Uh, another. There's no wild card shouts in my team. What are you about? Exactly. Um, <laughs> Massive wild card. Um, <laughs> I've just been—we've just been reminded uh, that Danny Milter said that Kyle Walker is better than Trent Alexander-Arnold. Yeah. Well, better at what? Yes. Better at getting sent off for stupid things. You can not argue with that. Uh, anyway, uh, up front, yes, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the Rigi. Minute, I'm not doing that. you um, imagine, imagine that. Well, it was this game last year, wasn't it, where Klopp played all four of them. Well, he yeah. you, you couldn't play—he could count play all seven of them. That would be weird. <laughs> um, if he played four of them at the time that were available and. Um, Throughout 25 minutes, City were like, what's going on here? You know, but then once City worked it out, as Theo said, first half was good, second half they were absolutely shattered. Trent got injured in that game, didn't he, as well? That was the last time Gomez played. I must admit, Gomez, um, the last two games he played for replacing Trent, I thought he was very good. Now, I wonder whether... Okay, I know that Gomez is not Trent, but I wonder whether the fact that Gomez had two decent games and set up a good goal against Watford was just a slight reminder to Trent. Not that he's really needed it, but... You know, that's the kind of competition for places that perhaps liverpool need all the way through the team and that's what they've got and as thea was saying earlier that's probably why they've got a better squad than, than city have at the moment but you know we'll soon find out who's got the better team um but no up front um i'm gonna go with firmino Salah and Mane. there's no way Salah can't play this game i think we know what jota can do from the bench uh, we know what we know what Diaz can do. You know, he's kind of still a bit of an unknown quantity for a lot of the teams that they're going to come up against, and I think he might get on against City. But I definitely go with those three. We mentioned Firmino before. We mentioned Mallys in good form and Salah. I just think that something's. You know, he, he could have scored twice against um, against Benfica, and if the, I thought the keeper had a good game, and and on another day he would have scored twice. And I think this could be one of those days where it just goes back and clicks back into gear because you'd be more worried if he wasn't having the shots. He's still getting into the positions. He's still setting people up. And I thought he did okay First half against Benfica got a bit tired after that. And if he is going to get tired against City, as we said, Diaz, Jota, there's loads of them that can come on.
1: Yeah, I think it'd be a massive boost for City if he wasn't on the team sheet as well, which I think psychologically could be important. I'm going to go Salah, Firmino, and Mane as well, Theo, but I do think if Liverpool do need a goal, it wouldn't shock me if they went 4 2 3 1 again at some point in this game. Be a surprise to go from the start, but be interesting to see if that was to happen during the game. Which three are you going to go for?
3: I, I-, I want to see Diaz start. Like, these sides know each other so well and. Guardiola, he's had that fear about the front, the original front three, but he knows what they're about. He doesn't know what Diaz is about. So, if you start Diaz there, it's that unknown quantity that can win Liverpool the game. But then, at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it was the, the old tried and trusted front three. Now, I wouldn't start a Jota. I think he's definitely on the bench. You bring him on if you need a goal. Um, I know we've already touched on Firmino's record off the bench as a goal scorer this season, but Jota's that one who's a bit of a live wire when he comes on you he can left get left the goal left. that way. I don't think Saturday on this. Sunday, so it'd be actually quite harsh to bench him and, <laughs> and start someone else. But I, I, I you would. You would. I would. you would. Yeah, yeah you I, am, would I am. You're yeah, like,
2: just, like, just destroying everybody all the time. You're destroying his <laughs> birthday dreams. Leave the poor man yeah. alone.
3: I, 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 I want to start Diaz, but I reckon it'll be the tried and trusted.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Hannah, which three are you going to go for?
0: It's such a difficult one. Um, it's mad that we're in a position where. Usually the front three would be the front three, but we're in a position now where you, you can't call it. Um, I think Salah, y- you've got to start Salah um, and Mane, um, and then for me it would just be a toss up between Diaz and, and Firmino. I, I like the idea of potentially starting Diaz, as they mentioned, for that unknown quantity and you know something that City aren't used to. And, and like they said, the teams know each other well, so having Diaz in that starting lineup. They, you know they, they probably wouldn't know what to expect from him so um, I'd want to go Diaz but I'll, I'll go safe and, and go with what everyone else has said and go with Firmino because that probably will be what happens
3: let's <laughs> just say what if it is 4-2-3-1 which oh, saying Henderson maybe looks a little bit tired you take him out Fabinho Thiago when Mohamed Salah's been short on confidence and not getting the goals Liverpool tend to just stick him up front with Firmino in behind to get him backfiring again. That's happened a few times. And you've got Diaz on the left, Marno on the right. Uh, City wouldn't expect that either. Uh, it certainly looks good on paper whether the reality would quite live up to it. I don't think it will happen, just throwing it out there. <laughs>
1: yeah. I can see it at some point in the game, but I'd be surprised if it was from the start, to be honest with you. But we shall see. Let's go for our match predictions then. I personally can't see anything other than a draw if I'm being honest. I'm going to go 1-1 I think. I'd probably take that as well as we alluded to a little bit earlier on in the show. Dori, how do you reckon it might be?
2: Come to me last.
1: Fair enough. Theo, what do you reckon it might be?
3: Um, Desmond 2-0.
1: Hannah?
0: I'll Push the boat out
1: and just go nil nil. Oh wow, what an exciting game that would be! Tight,
0: cagey, nil nil.
2: Uh, I think Liverpool win two one.
3: Wow. You've only said that because none of us have said Liverpool wins. <laughs> <before. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well,
0: I didn't know what you were going to say. I
2: didn't. That's why I said come to me last.
1: Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain to score the winner.
2: Yeah, with a pass from Auriga who's come on. Yeah, so I mean. It's... You can't argue with this. What's interesting, by the way, my team that I said, and in fact I think everybody's team, with the exception of one player, could have been the team in January 2019 when they got beat 2-1. I think I'm right in saying. Alisson, Robertson, Trent, Matthijs Van Dyke, uh, Fabinho, Tiago's the one, the normal front three, and then whether it was Kate cox Stade, Chamberlain, Henderson, whoever. I just think that's quite interesting, the fact that three and, and a bit years down the line and they've still got the same players playing in this game. And I think there will come a time where that's not going to happen. And I do wonder from what kind of taught me out of not picking Diaz, I think whether he might play on that basis, that it's something a little bit different, but I'm sticking with the team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to stick stick with mine as well. But again, I wouldn't be surprised to see Luis Diaz come off the bench. But I think we've just about run out of time. So that will do us for today's podcast. Plenty more stuff to come, of course, before and after the big game. It really does feel like a big one, doesn't it? Until next time, though. It's a goodbye You've been
0: listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.